everybody. This is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we're bringing you another episode of Kyo Cinema, a long-awaited episode in many, many ways. We have uh, experienced several delays in 2024 due to uh, work obligations and health interruptions <laughs> between uh, yeah. both Adam and I. Um, so yeah, we realize that it's been like a month probably since we released an episode. Uh, and that's, that's just life. Um, it, it bummed us out for sure to keep kicking this can down the road for, for multiple reasons. But what's also cool, Adam, is during, uh, this downtime, both before we resumed in 2024 and in the gap between, uh, our coverage of evolution and this episode, our numbers have been really strong. I mean, people are still finding us. They're watching early episodes. They're catching up on the backlog. So we didn't really, even though we were inactive, uh, we were still seeing pretty strong um, downloads on the yeah. uh, on the podcast, which is super That's encouraging. Awesome. I even saw somebody in the Discord be like, hey, please don't tell me you're going to stop. Uh, yeah, Kyo Cinema, and I was like, "Oh, someone else listens. This is great." <laughs> I know. There's, I think there's like four of us now, maybe. Yeah, um, maybe put it in the AMP feed. It did what we wanted it to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're forcing Kyo Cinema down uh, the Almighty Podcast, uh, my hero community's throats. That's that is absolutely the case. <laughs> you will watch Dragon Ball, or you will hear us talk about it. <laughs> yep. Now, I'm excited for the Dima stuff coming out. Like, I think someone mentioned we should cover that. I totally agree. That'd be a blast. Oh yeah. Um, It'd be fun. That would be fun. I'm excited about it. I mean, any new Dragon Ball content, you and I are going to be excited about. Um, I'm oh, sure yeah. that you've seen. Now, I'm not a big fighting game guy, but there's a new uh, Dude, video game game's coming out. Dope. Sparking Zero, I think is what it's I'm called. I'm so such. excited for it. I'm a big fighting game guy. I like fighting because it's all skill-based. There is no RNG. Like, there's no rolling of the dice in a fighting game. Like, you, you know what you're doing with it or you don't. So, like, there's a part of me that really likes fighting games for that alone. Like, you can just get really good at them and i think it's so cool to see how people can like utilize those characters even like i think they create tiers of of fighting characters out there for each game and there are people that will use low tier and still beat high tiered people just because they're so good at it i think it's awesome now i'm not a big fighting game guy but i did finish kakarot um early early last month maybe um, all the way through the Boo Saga, did every side quest available. Um, I haven't touched the DLCs, but I enjoyed that game so much that I probably will end up purchasing them all. That's cool. That's been a fun jam. Fighter fun Z, the, uh, like, I don't want to call it a 2D fighter. I guess maybe that's what you would call it. But um, it's not, like, 3D in the sense that there's no flying around a world map like in the new one that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's more like Street Fighter, right? Uh, right. They, they had what's called a new netcode release where they're uh, in, improved the coding between, like, online play. And, dude, it's crazy. Like, the the amount of combos that I'm now landing that I didn't because of the, the delay or, like, the lag input is pretty wild. Well, we have been anticipating this episode for a long time a long time um in part because this is we're we're into the new batch of animated dragon ball movies now this one and the next one are still called dragon ball z colon uh you know battle of gods and resurrection f so that's a kind of an oddity um that this does take place both of them take place after z and and um became the beginning of super or at least yeah yeah they like serialized the movies um and extended them into episode format um so it's not a one-to-one um the the content for both of these movies 
is much longer in the super anime. Uh, there's more there to it. They, I mean, that is a that is a format that allows for uh, greater exploration and um, development of characters and all that kind of stuff than they could have reasonably squeezed into in an what hour twenty hour and thirty minute long movie. Um, so there are differences. I and I'm sure I'm sure Adam, you're the same. I did not go through and watch. Uh, that first arc, the the like Beerus no. arc of Dragon Ball Super to prepare for this, that was just uh, asking a little too much. But uh, it would be kind of neat, maybe eventually to um, to do a side by side comparison, um, even in your own home, uh, own homes, uh, and see what they added, what they took away. I know that they're. I'm aware of more of what they added and took away for Resurrection F than I can recall about the Battle of Gods. So yeah, well, and I know too there was a lot of not drama, but a lot of people were really upset with the anime because the animation for it was pretty lackluster uh, oh, for yeah. the first, like, probably 17, 18-ish episodes. Yep. A lot of people really picked on that. Not that I blame them. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you go from Dragon Ball Z, where, like, yeah, there are definitely times where the animation's not great, but for the most part, it's got a pretty, like, standard look to it, and it's always pretty high quality, into, you know, Super, where people were excited to have it back in general, and it's like, oh... Goku's literally a blob on the screen. Like, what's right. going on? You know? Yeah, if so. you just search like bad animation Dragon Ball Super, you'll find a lot from the first few episodes of that yeah. show for sure. There's a lot Which, of backlash. The the movie looked really good, so I'm always kind of shocked. Like the scenes I remember not looking good, they could have just pulled right from the movie, you know? Yeah, they could have. Um, I, I don't know. It's probably a licensing thing. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, there, there's probably yeah. some sort of weird red tape around doing something like that. But uh, anyway, we, we have what we have. I, as I was sitting down to watch this for the first time, discovered two things. One, I did not own Battle of Gods. It's the It was the only Dragon Ball movie that I didn't own that we've covered, um, oh, including wow. Evolution now, um, since I own it digitally. You have those Korean live actions on... Oh, no. no, but I mean, anyone <laughs> that I could buy, I have. Sure, um, sure. And uh, so I discovered that. And I've mentioned before, I think the reason behind that is I remember watching this movie and just not loving it, um, especially in, in relation to Resurrection F. So I think I just skipped it. I mean, I really do think that I was just like, mm, I can do without this one in my library, which is odd because I collect all of the things Dragon Ball. Totally, yeah. Um, but uh, so that was the first discovery. And the second one was that 10 years after Battle of Gods came out, they released an extended cut that had like 20 extra minutes. So, of course, uh, I had to fill the gap in my uh, my, you know, bibliography or, or discography or whatever you want to call it of all of the Dragon Ball Z content. Uh, and of course, I had to have the extra minutes. So that's what I watched. Um, uh, it's I think it made it from or took it from an hour and 20 minute long movie to an hour and 40 minute long movie. But uh, I also didn't sit down and watch the theatrical cut to see exactly what the new content was. But if you're like, I don't remember that in the movie, odds are you saw one that came out before last year. Because uh, this movie came out in 2013. Uh, the, on the 10-year anniversary, they released this uh, extended cut. So you're welcome to hunt that down if you should so desire. I kind of don't like the fact that this is 10 years old. That feels weird to me. <laughs> I know, I feel, right? Like, I just remember it coming out yesterday. Jeez, man, I feel old. This was, uh, this was pre-Adam and Atkins, man. Oh, yeah. Um, it was because Resurrection F was the first time we ever met. Well, like, not literally, but, like, in person. Yeah, was it? Yeah, because we watched F Broly. We watched Broly, right? 
Yeah. Or was Broly no. the first time? Was uh, Broly the first time we met? I don't remember now. I don't I, know. I think I'm getting it all twisted. I Listeners think out there will talk first. about it because I know we've mentioned it a bunch. But like, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. we've at least seen Super Superheroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've seen that. And I'm and I'm I think the we watched Broly first. I think that was our first okay. hangout. Maybe. I can. Yeah. I've got a picture of me, you, and Hannah in the theater. I can check the date later and yeah, we'll and uh, figure it out. But this movie came out March 30th, 2013. Um, timeline placement is pretty easy. Um, it's. I think I'd read that it takes place around four years after Dragon Ball Z's conclusion. Um, and there's hints uh, by the Kai's at the beginning that some time has elapsed between Boo and Beerus waking up. Uh, because they're like, well, you know, that period of peace didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got, uh, like, the opening here is actually kind of nice, because they recap all of Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z all the way up to the Boo Saga, and then they kind of, like, zoom in on the Kai planet where you've got Supreme Kai, and I think he just goes by Grand Kai. Uh, yeah, and they're talking Elder about Kai. Yeah, yeah. I think Grand and... Kai is like, a, like another... You have, like, you know, the Kai is like North, South, East, West. Then you have the... Uh, supreme guys yeah supreme kai and then i think the grand kai was the dude that led the like afterworld tournament was super hip and carried the boombox oh, on his shoulder yeah he had like the super long beard yeah because well, yes. the weird thing too is like the supreme kai here is the same supreme kai he's just older right this is this this is kabito kai well so, kabito kai yeah but then the old yeah. kai that's with him is him from the future or something like that isn't it no no, I, no, no, I, no. I vaguely uh-huh. i don't really remember super well clearly now this this was the Kai that we uh, got sealed in the, uh, in the sword. Z sword by Beerus, but it's not the we don't have two versions like time displaced. It's just this one dude is really really old from like whatever fifty generations of Kai's ago or something silly. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay, for some reason I thought that they were like related somehow, but I guess that's just maybe it's COVID brain. That's what I'm going to blame it on. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you could blame. You could use yeah. that. You could carry that excuse in your, in your back pocket for quite a yeah, while. I think I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, but yeah, so it's neat because they're like just hanging out and they're sensing that there's someone awakening. And like, obviously we know it's Beerus at this point, but, um, they, we, they haven't communicated that fully yet. And so they're sitting there and they're like, Hey, we got to let King Kai know about this. And we kind of zoom in on King Kai's little planet. Goku is training with bubbles, which is such a classic throwback. I feel like, and Supreme Kai is telling King Kai, like, hey, listen, we can't let either of them know about each other. Like, there cannot be a word about Lord Beerus to Goku or Goku to Lord Beerus. They don't, these, this group of Kais are like, if they find out about each other, all hell's going to break loose because they're going to want to fight. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Goku kind of overhears some of this and he goes, Lord Beers, what are those? Yeah. What do they uh, I taste guess, like? <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess assuming that uh, King Kai has been holding out on his secret stash of uh, like craft beer on his tiny little planet. Um, but uh, he, then he's like, well, wait a minute. You wouldn't be nervous about something as simple as that. And King Kai is flipping his lid. He's like, yeah. I'm not telling you. And so Goku threatens to instant transmission up to Supreme Kai and ask him himself. And then King Kai spills the beans. He says that their deities created to protect. Uh, and create life, and then deities to destroy life. And there, it strikes this balance um, in the universe. And this is where uh, King Kai looks at Goku all of a sudden. He's like, why are you wearing your butt-kicking clothes? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he changed out of this like light blue and white tracksuit that made me laugh the first time I saw it. And it, it's for the obvious reason. Goku's like, I can't wait to fight this guy. I want to see what he's made of. And King Kai is losing his brains. I mean, he's like, Beerus the Destroyer is the strongest destructive force in the universe. He says Supreme Kai peed his pants a little when he found out that they were on this in the same quadrant. 
and Goku's just like, all I heard was he's the strongest, so I can't wait to p- try to punch him. Yeah, and this was about the time I realized that Bubbles and King Kai, and I would assume the cricket, I can't Gregory. think of Gregory, they're all still dead. They have their yeah. halos. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of cracked me up. I'm like, why did no one think to resurrect them? That's great. Um, but anyways, we, we get a quick, really short intro here, and then we get introduced to Whis, who is uh, uh, Lord Beerus' trainer. And he is, it's funny, because... I haven't watched this movie in a long time, and when they introduce Whis, they make him seem so serious and like intimidating, and he just has this really dark look about him, like almost I don't want to say evil, but you get this impression that like, oh, this is not a good guy. But compared to the Whis we know, and like just his jolly demeanor, he's always laughing and has a smile and popping tasty foods. It was so jarring to see Whis in this kind of like dark light, you know. But he's he's basically walking through Lord Beerus's. I'm going to say planet. It's it. I don't know that you would really call it a planet as much as it's kind of like his own little zone almost. Cause it seems yeah. like it's outside of like the continuum kind of, but um, he's walking through and, and we kind of see this huge tower he walks into and there's all these awesome looking uh, like time orbs with little uh, sand. What do you call them? Uh, uh, hourglasses. Uh, hourglasses. Thank you. COVID and, brain. Hashtag yeah, COVID you. brain. Hashtag COVID brain. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're exploding all over the place, and they're Lord Beerus's alarm clock. It's great. And he's trying to get this, this Egyptian-looking cat to basically wake up. And Beerus is like, yeah, I don't want to. And so he threatens him uh, with, I think, a bath at this point if he doesn't wake up. Like, I'll force you into the bath. And Beerus just falls out of bed, and he's, like, falling on all these floating pa- platforms. Um, I was shocked because he, he talks about how, like, he wanted 50 years of sleep, which felt like not long enough. Like, I remembered for some reason that he had been asleep for like thousands of years, but that wasn't the case at all. Uh, especially since we're later, it's revealed that he had met with King Vegeta pr- like just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been asleep for that long. Um, and he says that the reason he needed to wake up earlier in this case, 39 years instead of 50 is because he needed to quote unquote check on something. Uh, and it, it has something to do with this prophecy he thinks he's heard about. Yeah. So a couple of notes uh, from this particular segment, which is pretty short. Um, I liked that, uh, the concept of like exploding alarm clocks, you can buy like in real life alarm clocks that you have to shoot to turn off, like not with like an actual gun with like a light gun. Um, but I've never seen any that just shoot you back, which is what Beerus has to roll (laughs) with. And, um, you mentioned that Beerus is, or Weiss rather is presented as very kind of stoic and serious. And he's like shrouded in darkness for a lot of this. Weiss or... God dang it, I'm mixing their names up again. Beerus is like the exact opposite. Like his him coming out of the bed is cartoony and it's ungraceful. Yeah. And it includes this like Looney Tunes walking past uh, a floor for like two or three steps before looking down, realizing there is no floor and then falling down and like licking himself like <laughs> like not himself. And it's not that kind of anime, but, you know, giving himself like a quick cat bath. And uh, it, it's very comical, the, the, his his particular introduction. And it's almost like as the movie progresses, they those roles kind of swap some. They reverse a little, yeah, because Whis kind of lightens up as he's introduced to the humans. And by the end of the movie, he's his jolly self. And Beerus is kind of that more serious, like, no, nah, I'm going to blow you guys out of the universe. It's going to be great. Yeah. So let's talk about voice actors real quick. I didn't, uh, I mean, Beerus and Whis are basically the two introductions, um, the two additional new characters in this movie. So I really only spent any time looking at their uh, backlog of work. So Beerus is voiced by Jason Douglas. 
Um, he has provided voices for other Dragon Ball characters in Kai. Um, and I think also in like the Broly movie. So like things from Kai and forward. He plays King Cold, um, also the South Kai, which is the pink one with sunglasses, I think. Um, and in My Hero Academia, he voices Fourth Kind, the guy with the metal jaw. Um, oh, cool. Ian Sinclair, who voices Whis, is Shoji in My Hero Academia. And uh, I'm not, I've not watched much One Piece, but it was hard to not notice that he uh, has dozens of credits as the voice of a character, a skeletal character named Brooke or Brooks in One Piece. Uh, so that's kind of their their creds that they're bringing um, to this movie, and they're they're not too shabby. But uh, yeah, so. Beers is like, I got to look into something. And Weiss makes the uh, the comment about the bath. If you don't go to a, get a bath now, soon they'll start calling you the destroyer of noses. And <laughs> yeah. uh, this is where Beers is like, maybe I should just destroy you. And uh, like, I just have a question in my notes. Could could he? Like he, uh, like the words out of his own mouth in this movie is that Weiss is the, the strongest opponent that he's ever faced. And that uh, he is in tutor he's being tutored and taught by Weiss. So I wonder if he actually could kill Weiss if he tried. I think this would get into some of the more uh like canonical stuff that's coming out about Weiss and Beerus and like the angels and the lords of destruction or the gods of destruction more currently in the manga and over the past couple of arcs because like there's a whole structure behind the angels and how they always pair up with the Lords of Destruction and stuff. So I think it's a good question. Like it's not a matter of power because Lord Beerus has a destruction power. He can touch things and they are, they just get destroyed, but I don't know that that power even works on the angels themselves. Cause yeah. I feel like they kind of represent this like creation aspect almost. Yeah. He so, was just a, he was a bald purple cat that was barking. In that particular yeah, moment. Yeah, you know? he, he, he likes to, to goad, I think, a little bit. We do get uh, a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of backstory that um, was new canonicity. Um, I hope that's a word. I think it is. It's new it is canon. Now. Yeah, it is. Man, I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm atoming right now. Um, do it. Just making up words. You haven't it's done fun. that in a while. It's yeah, been, uh, I, get, I got know, made fun of a lot, so, you know, I yeah, try. I, you know, <laughs> well, he, he, Beerus asks, did that upstart Frieza take out planet Vegeta? Uh, which Weiss confirms. He says, good to hear. I could have uh, given those bubbling upstarts on that planet in eternity to shape up and they would have been nothing but trouble. But he's also not a fan of Frieza. And he's like, if we cross paths again, I'll wipe him out. And this is where Weiss is like, uh, uh, no worries on that front, dude. Like somebody already took care of Frieza. What did you think about this expansion of the the canon here? The fact that like Beerus was behind Vegeta's destruction. I like it in part because it makes it feel like Beerus didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so it it gives him roots in material that we're already familiar with, gives him ties to characters uh, that we're already familiar with. So it, it's more than uh, him lording over King Vegeta. It's also that there was a uh, an in-canon discussion arrangement made with Frieza, and that makes even more sense in Resurrection F when Frieza realizes that Beerus is there, he's not going, who? He's yeah. freaking out because he knows exactly who the hell that purple cat guy is. Uh, so I liked that expansion. I, I It felt, again, like it anchored him um, because, you know, we have all this content that he's not in um, and the nap for an extended period of time covers that. But it, it also 
you know, it's like, but what about before that nap? Because we're aware of material that extends past 39 years. Um, yeah. And so I, I like, I, I did enjoy that. I think that it's that also, was good story working. It's kind of nice to have like the new big, bad, more powerful guy introduced in a way that isn't just, oh, randomly, there's a new big, bad guy. Like, yeah. you know, he's been there the whole time. They just didn't know when they were going to have to deal with him. So he was sort of irrelevant. The yeah. only thing I don't like about it is that I think it, takes away from Frieza's overall evilness. When you know he was told to go do this, it kind of removes some of that spontaneity of Frieza being just like a really evil <laughs> bastard. You, you did know? it. You said spontaneity instead of spontaneity. There you go. <laughs> ha! You add them to um, Yeah, I can, I can see your point there. Um, I do think that it puts Frieza uh, in, in the past on a different rung on this like power scaling ladder. Yeah, which is when you find out he's just a minion too, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean that gives you a whole new perspective on where Beerus ranks, right? And uh, and even when Frieza is in his golden form, he still basically pisses his non-existent pants when he sees Beerus. And and again, that's like, damn, where is this dude's power at? Because they're clearly not not at anywhere near his level, right? Um, Right. So yeah, I, I liked all that. Whis does show. Um, reanimated footage of Goku's Super Saiyan transformation. Um, this surprises Beerus because he's like, I thought they were all dead. But it turns out, of course, as we all know, that uh, a few of them just happen to be on other planets, including Prince Vegeta, uh, and that they've learned this new technique. And so he calls it the Super Saiyan, and Beerus is like, that sounds familiar. Uh, oh, it's because the thing that I woke up to check on was Super Saiyan something. Uh, it turns out it, it was a god, and it was... Super Saiyan God they had a dream about um, that he's con- he's convinced as a premonition, um, and so he goes to ask the seer fish uh, to confirm it. Yeah, the seer fish is just literally like this little fish in a bowl that floats around, and he he approaches him and asks, like, hey, a couple years back, don't you remember prophesizing that a great arch rival of mine would appear? And the fish is like, I did? I mean, yeah, I did. Sure. <laughs> you can tell that, like, nobody really wants to question this guy. And so Weiss is just like, I don't know, that sounds pretty far-fetched, but okay, sure. And uh, Beerus decides that, like, okay, this is set in stone. This has been prophesized. Like, we we must go track down the Super Saiyan God. And even Weiss at this point is like, don't you think that name's kind of tacky? And I have to agree with him. I don't like the name. And I really don't like that they continue adding to it later. Like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Shut up. Stop it. It's dumb. My (laughs) biggest problem with the term God in this movie or deity in this movie is it's used in a... I think I'm being generous when I say it's used in an unfamiliar way. Like Beerus at one point asks Goku, what's it like being a God? And I'm like... That is not that what he's done. He might have the power. He might his key might have taken on this god form where it becomes um, sense sensible only by other gods that also have that key, but not sensible to anybody else that doesn't. But he doesn't be he doesn't rise in the echelon of like creation godhood. where he goes from mankind yeah. to godhood, yeah, or or becomes a deity, which is another word that they use. Um, so I I disliked that part i don't like that particular convention well it feels overused i mean isn't kami also god kami just means god yeah but you know what i mean Um, it's like so you're telling me there is kami god of earth who is actually uh an alien so there's a god of earth that's an alien who also could have been god to another planet 
But then there are the Kais who are kind of like gods, like literal, like they're otherworldly beings that look over the universe and the planet. But then there's a whole other tier above them that are actual gods, like the god right. of destruction. And now there's also Saiyan gods that are just gods because their key isn't outright nature based or something. Yeah, like it just feels a little overdone once you kind of start to to break it all down that way. Yeah, I, we get even more um, Beerus rooted in the past in this particular. Po- oh, we also learned before I get to that that uh, Earth is planet eight seven seven in Dragon Ball, and uh, so like in Marvel we're six one six. Here we're eight seven seven in Dragon yeah. Ball lore and. Beerus destroyed the dinosaurs because they were uppity, right? Yeah. But, so, <laughs> I mean, yes, that is that is a joke that is made that uh, he, he's like, isn't that the one with the dinosaurs that, uh, that I drove to extinction? But later on in the movie, Beerus punches Goku and Goku whizzes past a dinosaur. Yeah, like, <laughs> like canonically dinosaurs are still exist. a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if he, like, maybe they were maybe a remnant survived or some such i don't know because he clearly didn't destroy the planet right um so he (laughs) he made an attempt question mark of destroying everything on the planet um but yeah dinosaurs are still totally around so i i I wish that there was a scene in this movie where beerus like flew by the one that he punches goku by and says wait a damn like i see (laughs) that i thought it would have been really funny chair laughing I thought it would have been really funny if they had served dinosaur tail. Cause I feel like that's a thing they do in early DBZ yeah. in Dragon Ball is like they eat dinosaur meat. So it would be hilarious if he was like, what is this, you know, succulent meat? Oh, it's dinosaur, but wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, they zip on down uh, because there are five uh, Saiyans on earth, um, including the Havsies. So, and, it, and I do like this. Um, so it says most of them, five are on planet eight, seven, seven. Um, so obviously Goku could be the one who isn't like, you could read it that way, but there's also wiggle room for them to be like, there's this other one, Broly and Paragus, you know, these other ones that are out there that they don't really and, give uh, lip service to. Tarles, like, cause even Bulma. Tarbles, yeah. Tarbles later. Yeah. Tarbles, Tarbles. Uh, yeah. Bulma brings Tarbles up later. mentioned. Yeah. So yep. like Whis has to be aware that there are other Saiyans out there just not on planet Earth. Yeah. He's just looking for the highest concentration of Saiyans. Right. F- to increase their odds of success. Uh, and so I like that, that again, they don't say all of them except for one are on planet Earth. They're like, eh, yeah, you know, there's other ones out there. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they decide they're going to go down to uh, King Kai's planet, uh, but that's not where we go initially. We go over to Capsule Core for Bulma, uh, Bulma's birthday. I do know that in the anime version, it takes place on a boat. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the scenery is very, very different necessarily because of that. Um, here it's just confused. at Capsule Core. I was like, when are they going to go on the boat? Like, when does that happen? Yeah. I kept, I kept <laughs> yeah, asking no. myself that. Like, surely they're going to be on the boat next. <laughs> Anime and manga only, yeah. Yeah. But uh, pretty much everyone is there except for Goku um, and Vegeta, who's like present. He's on the grounds. He's just not partying. I love this, and, too, because it literally is everyone. Like, from Dragon Ball all the way through Boo, it is yeah. everyone. It's awesome. And people are buzzed in yeah it's like alcohol is clearly being served yeah, um, yeah. and bulma and, and like the way that they c- kind of show it um is characters will have a little bit of blush on their cheeks um others get a more exaggerated tell for them having had too much so like mr satan later challenges 
spears to a fight and can't even stand up. Um, but Bulma's character is uh, a little off in this movie precisely oh, yeah. because she is just pounding whatever the hell it is. She's drinking. I mean, just like there are, there are scenes where she's just guzzling this stuff out of glass. Yep, yep. And she, at one point in time, like even the way they talk is very different. Like she's like, let's get back to this mother of a party. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like. Dang, Bulma, throw it down. It's it's she's, awesome. She's like shit talking Vegeta to Beerus and Weez for like, hey, or to everybody at the party when she's like, oh, Vegeta actually has friends. You won't believe it. Like, yeah, yeah that's it's out of character for her. It really is. It's great. Uh, and but I love this I mean, moment do, here too because uh, Satan is asking Doctor Briefs, like yeah. treating him like he's a servant, you know, and and someone is just like, hey, you know, that's like the world's doctor briefs right and satan is like oh my god what you're you're like the most popular scientist and the richest and, and then he's like oh, i'm so sorry and then he turns into the servant and is trying yep. to serve his doctor briefs it's great i love that the ox king has this one line maybe in the oh, entire yeah. movie <laughs> where he's just like i put on a tie because i figured the party would be a classy affair and he's still got on like a tank, tank top yeah um, I just love the asks, fact that he's even there. Like, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Krillin asks Bulma about her age, um, but Bulma, Bulma just basically waves it off for now. Um, I did find out that, you know, she eventually says something about her 38th birthday party, uh, but according to timelines that you can find on wikis, Atkins says as he pushes his glasses up on his nose, um, <laughs> she's more like 45, uh, according to, like, the actual timeline. So um, well, she maybe she de-aged some. <laughs> I was kind of thinking, too, like, if you're Krillin, you've been around Bulma pretty much since you were a kid. You know how old you yeah. are. You should be able to do some basic math here. Yeah, now. he should be able to get pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Um, 18 asks about the prizes, and one of them is a fully furnished ca- a castle, which is kept indoors of the capsule core. Like, it's a silly visual gag that they just have a freaking castle in a room in the capsule core building. Um, I yeah, assume that, that really it had uh, like the poi poi technique or not technique, but the, uh, that's yes, that's what they, that's how they should have shown it, but yeah. they didn't. They did the visual thing where they're like, no, she just somehow has a, <laughs> now I'm sure she got it in there with a hoi poi capsule. Yeah. Um, but it's not still in the hoi poi capsule. It's just like in the room. <laughs> like it's been deployed. If it came from a hoi poi. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> this movie is yeah. ridiculous. What, uh, they're, they're all talking about those bingo prizes and Roshi's just like, what about dirty movies? Yeah. And, and she does say that you can take a cash op- option instead of the prizes, which is, that's pretty generous because yeah. she loses twice on that. She buys a castle. Somebody says, nah, you can keep that. And then she has to pay them that amount in cash. Uh, so she, you know, say the castle cost 5 million zenny. She now has 10 million zenny invested into giving that prize away. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I guess she still owns the castle, but what the hell is she going to do with the castle? Give it to Trunks to dick around in. <laughs> yeah, maybe put it in a <laughs> giant tree somewhere for Trunks. Yeah. Uh, we get back to the planet of the Kais. Goku's panicking about missing the party of Bulma's all of a sudden. He's like, I'm not sure who's scarier, Mad Bulma or that Beerus guy you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's King Kai's turn to start freaking out because... Basically, uh, he, he's like, we're in serious trouble because it's heading straight here. And Goku's line here is great. He says, wait, why is Bulma coming here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, Goku can't sense the god key, so he doesn't know that Beerus and Whis are close, but King Kai does. Um, who shoes, He shoes Goku into the house um, right as Beerus and Whis arrive on planet. 
Yeah, this is uh this is all pretty great because like King Kai is just talking with Beerus and Goku is like watching through the window from the house and Beerus just straight up is just like, "Hey, I want to talk about some stuff with that Saiyan that you're harboring in the house. Bring him out." And so Goku comes out to introduce himself and he's just being Goku, like country bumpkin, like, "Hey, how's it going? I'm Goku." And Kai smacks him upside the back of the head and is like, introduce yourself respectfully come on and so goku all of a sudden has this real change of heart where he's like oh hello great sir my name is goku sir and is trying to be really respectful but you can clearly tell it's all very forced this is goku uh post katillion course or at least (laughs) he's trying really hard to remember which side of the plate a fork goes on yeah and uh beerus just kind of gets right to the point he asks him you know hey have you ever heard of a super saiyan god and goku says it doesn't ring any bells and then Beerus questions him on Frieza and just asks about the Super Saiyan forms in general, like, can all Saiyans do this thing? And, you know, it is kind of funny when you think about this from the perspective of, like, how difficult that first transformation was for Goku. And then even Vegeta, like, it's a whole thing for Vegeta to even go Super Saiyan and how hard it is for him. And then their kids are popping Super Saiyan because they get a little angry that mom's not helping at, like, five. You know, it's, right. it's just kind of funny how that progressed. But, um, you know, Beerus is like, oh, OK, well, we're going to go to Earth then since you don't know anything and we're going to talk to the Saiyans there. And Goku actually says, well, hey, before you go, like, let's do a spar match. I want to see what you're made up of. And Beerus is like, in all of the years I've been alive, the millennia I've been around, I have never been challenged, especially by anyone as much of an arrogant fool as you. And he's like, all right, come at me. Everything you got. Bring it. Bring it on. And uh, so... You know, Goku actually does go straight into pretty much Super Saiyan 3, which I thought was pretty cool. There's no real, like, time lapse here. Uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he correctly, goes through each of the stages, but they're really brief. Yeah. It's not as drawn out as it was when he was showing Boo and Bobbity what, no. what he could do. And in the anime, they do draw it out a bit more. He does, like, Super Saiyan, spars a little bit, goes Super Saiyan 2, and then finally goes into Super Saiyan 3. And I think he even explains that, like, Super Saiyan 3 is a huge power drain, so he often has to kind of use it sparingly. Whereas in this, mm-hmm. he just goes through the transformations and then they get right to fighting. I say fighting. Goku tries to... to attack him but you know beerus catches a punch and then flicks him in the forehead halfway across the world so yeah and beerus is just dodging with his arms behind his back and this is again a a very neat tidy visual way for the animators and the story writers to to show us how strong beerus really is is to have the strongest form of goku just get freaking bodied yeah like totally nonchalantly without any effort i mean his arms are behind his back he jumps off of uh like the the fist of goku when he throws a punch um goku is able to just punch through a planet like punches down uh tries to like uh maybe not double axe handle but punches down towards beerus beerus moves punches through king kai's planet like blows out the other side and beerus just swoops in chops him once in the neck and goku drops down to base form and his unconscious while uh, Beerus walks off whistling and then they leave. They just leave him cratered, which was (laughs) great. Yeah, and then King Kai is uh, reaching out to Vegeta to catch him up while Goku is like unconscious in this crater and Vegeta's training when this happens so he's like inside of one of those uh, gravity rooms and he's like blowing up all those little robots and King Kai is just like hey, uh, Lord Beerus is coming and Vegeta recognizes the name but he can't quite recall what he knows the name from and King Kai tells him, like, hey, look, no engaging him, no funny business, like, do everything you can to keep him happy, because he will destroy the planet. And he explains that Beerus, like, cold clonked him out, like, one hit, 
Goku is in a crater unconscious after one hit, basically. And so Vegeta's kind of freaking out. He's like, oh, my gosh, Kakarot's down after that? Like, what's going on? And, and King Kai says, hey, look, the fate of the Earth rests in your hands. Do not screw this up. And uh, we kind of catch back up with Goku. He's waking back up, and he's explaining that he thinks the only way he might have any chance is to fuse with Vegeta. But even then, he doesn't think he would really have any chance at all. And uh, so he's kind of asking King Kai about Super Saiyan God, but even Kai knows nothing about it. Bubbles actually pulls out uh, some sensu beans and gets them healed up. And when this was happening, I was still like running a fever. So I have in my notes, like I could, <laughs> I could use a sensu bean. <laughs> that would be great. I, I, I like, there's a, there's a subtle joke from Goku here where he's like, okay, I don't even think fusion is going to be good enough. And maybe I, I can reach this new level through training. And then his, his third option is, or maybe there's a Saiyan out there who's named God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like he's super Saiyan Goku. So it stands to reason that the super Saiyan God is just a dude whose named name God. is God who can yeah. go super Saiyan. That made, yeah. that made me laugh pretty that, good. That is pretty good. Vegeta finally shows up to the party and he's in his combat gear, which Bulma's pissed off about. Cause it's not a Halloween party. It's her birthday. Um, and she insinuates that he might be mad. Again, she is tipsy at this point, for sure. Yeah, she, she even ins- says something like, what's up your butt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's like, oh, are you mad that Earthlings age and your wife is a little bit older? And he sits there and takes it for all of about 10 seconds before just screaming at the top of his lungs for her to shut up, which is like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's he's a total party pooper, but we know why. And nobody else at the party gets it. They're, they're just like, man, he's back to being a dick, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Beerus addresses Vegeta, like you hear Beerus's voice, Vegeta can't find him. He's like looking under cloches and stuff, <laughs> uh, because he can't sense his power. Um, but he does spot him lounging by the pool and that's when he sees Beerus. He remembers the scene from planet Vegeta where, uh, Vegeta, King Vegeta was under Beerus's foot. Um, which means that Vegeta has to be 39 plus years old, um, because he's, he's, I don't know, like 10 eight, maybe? Like 8 to 12 yeah. in that scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he remembers Beerus with his foot on his dad's back or head, and he immediately starts with uh, the, the, like, he's, he refers to him as his lord immediately. Oh, butt kissing, right out the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he totally switches gears here. Uh, and so they they comment about the food smelling good. Vegeta's like, oh, you know, it's my wife's birthday. And Vegeta, or uh, Beerus is like, oh, the prince married. You must introduce me in all your travels. Have you ever encountered the phrase Super Saiyan God? And, you know, Goku, Vegeta's not really paying him all that much attention um, because Bulma walks up and she's like, well, who is this you'd rather talk to than your wife on her birthday? Like, she's <laughs> just zigging. Yeah. She, she is in some of her best uh, form when she's drunk. Like, she, she her lines are really well written for her current state of inebriation. Oh, they were in the, the voice actress. I can't think of who it is, but she just nails this whole movie. Every time she speaks, I was like, yeah, get him. It's awesome. Yeah. This is Monica Rial now, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's, she's got her blush, blush on her cheeks and it's kind of silly to watch this too, because Bulma is advancing. Vegeta is holding her back and it looks like he's like leaning into her as if he's actually having to exert himself some to, uh, to hold her back, but it's probably just extreme restraint. Because <laughs> yeah. isn't it in the uh, is it in the anime? Because I thought I was gonna see it in the movie where he's trying to crack like a single egg, but every time he picks one up, it just shatters in his hands because he doesn't. He has a hard time like that. Sounds not... familiar, but I don't know what it's from. 
I it's got to be from the, the anime, anime adaptation of this where he makes takoyaki because he goes into the ocean, gets the giant octopus, blasts it to cook it. And then t- to make the little balls, he has to like crack an egg to make a batter. And there's a joke in there because every time he goes to pick up an egg, it just crushes in his hands because he just has that level of strength. Yeah. So it's kind of funny watching him like with his shoulder leaning kind of into Bulma to keep her from walking forward as if he'd have to work that hard to do it. But this is where, you know, Bulma invites Beerus and Weiss down to the party because they're just aliens and she's used to that now. Yeah, it's no big <laughs> she has, deal. Yeah, yeah. There's She doesn't bat an eye. And she, she's like, yeah, let's crank this mother up. And then she says, look, guys, Vegeta actually has friends. That was great. <laughs> the only problem I really had with this was the fact that Bulma knows that Vegeta used to be like an evil Saiyan prince, right? And the dudes that he did run with were awful people, like awful, <laughs> yeah. awful, evil people, like... I mean, so to just be like, oh, hey, new Vegeta friends, I'm not even going to question who you might be, but I know you used to run with my husband. It would be like like just being totally cool with like a, a reformed gang member meeting back up with old <laughs> gang members. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there, I thought it's that was really analogy, funny, actually, uh, you know, because uh, I would assume like the last person that she is aware of would have to be uh, Nappa, who <laughs> like blows up planets for fun. So, <laughs> right. yeah, this had he, me crazy. He's the up. one that hates the news media. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nappa is. But I love this yeah. next part because we just get a bunch of steals, uh, steals. We get a bunch of like shots from the party and we kind of lead into Beerus literally dancing. Uh, this is the scene you mentioned where Satan stands up and is like, I'm challenging you to a duel, and then just passes out. And Beerus, yeah. Beerus actually thinks it's funny. He, like, laughs at this. Yeah, uh, this is the second time in the movie where Videl vocalizes explicit embarrassment on behalf of her dad. And uh, I have have almost finished rewatching Kai, and it was really funny to watch her defending her dad is like the savior of the world for so long. And then there's a moment where the, the switch flips and she's like, Oh shit, my dad didn't do anything. Did he? Yeah. You guys are the super strong ones. <laughs> and so she, like she puts I, it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's got to be in the back of her head now where she's just like, dad, you, you aren't a freaking thing to anybody. Like Chow Tzu <laughs> could whoop your ass, man. Like, uh, so yeah, that, that's a funny, like uh back, like a color or flavor to this scene that uh, just hits different now. Um, we catch up with the Pilaf gang, who have all been de-aged, um, inside Capsule Corp. And they're looking for the Dragon Balls because they have a radar. Um, there's a funny scene where they release a whole-ass boat from a Hoi Poi capsule. Yeah, yeah. And they're talking about being rich. And they're like, well, I thought you wanted to rule the world. And he's like, well, it'll be easier if I'm rich. And he's tired of eating at soup kitchens. And they can't even get part-time work because they've been de-aged to look like children, like younger children than Goten and Trunks even. And uh, they find a room marked prizes uh, and Pilaf immediately starts vandalizing everything in there, which is hilarious. He's like, well, if I'm not going to get all this stuff, then I'm just going to leave my mark on it. So he writes stupid on the plane and poopy on like this big gift. It was like a big present, like something that was wrapped. Uh, But yeah, and it draws the little emoji on it. It's pretty funny. Um, There was and I had to look this up. Did you notice that there was a prize that was in a glass case that was a white glove? I don't know that I noticed that, no. So, uh, I was like, the hell is that? Um, and it's an homage to Michael Jackson that the animators put into, really? the, into the movie. Yeah. That's cool. So, Jackson died in 2009 or 10. 
Um, so this movie hadn't quite probably been in production then. It came out in 2013. Um, but yeah, the internet seems to think that that's what that glove was there for, is a little huh. homage to Michael Jackson. Um, there's a giant golden organ, not like a heart, but like a pipe organ. Uh, they find that one of the prizes is a year's supply of canned hams, uh, which Pilaf is like, yeah, go ahead and snag a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. Could be useful. Yep. Second place is uh, reportedly the biggest diamond on the planet. And then that's when they discern or deduce rather that the first pl- uh, first place prize must be the Dragon Balls. And so they uh, they find them. This like pillar comes up out of the ground. All seven are there. There's discussion about going ahead and calling Shenron now. Yeah, Shu um, wants to do them now, and Pilaf is just like, you idiot, the building would collapse on top of us. Yeah, I mean, which is, like, that goes back all the way to, like, Curse of the Blood Rupees. Like, yeah. if Shenron is inside of a thing and is let out of the balls, it's going to go bad for whatever or whomever he's inside of at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is about the time that Trunks walks in. And, uh, oh, they shoot the themselves kids. in the foot. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. He's like, who are you guys? And they're like, oh, we're best friends with the boy that lives here. And he's like, you're not my friends. <laughs> and then and then he looks at Pilaf and he's like, is that Blue Monkey talking? Yeah. Like that line, he uses it twice and it's freaking hilarious. The What's great about he... it, though, is he's like, he's he's mystified by the quote unquote Blue Monkey talking that's standing right next to the talking dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, and then he calls Goten. He's like, hey, Goten, come take a look at this cool blue talking monkey. <laughs> and, uh, so the the way that he just keeps referring to Pilaf is that it got me a little That's bit. That's great. And when Goten shows up, it's hilarious because he's a spinning image of Goku. And the Pilaf gang are like, oh, holy hell, we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're freaking out. They're trying to run away. And they, they leave the room. And Mai turns around and he gives the diamond or she gives the diamond back to Trunk. She had like pocketed it. And even Goten or Trunks are like, dude, what the hell? Like, that was really weird, given our standards. <laughs> and uh, so Trunks tells Goten that Mai is his main squeeze. And I was like... My main squeeze. That that phrase is so silly. And it like, is. It, it's out of place in Trunks's mouth. Really. Oh, it is. And what's funny, too, is Goten is like, that's your girlfriend? And he goes, yeah, we hold hands when her dad's not looking. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And, now, I, that is a line that, that belongs in kid trunks as oh mouth. totally and so does goten's response because he just goes so awesome like with that <laughs> yeah. punctuated uh that punctuated delivery oh uh, what, what had me cracking up too is i was just thinking like man trunks if only you knew because canonically my and trunks are totally together in another universe Mm-hmm. yeah uh wait that's this one no it's uh future trunks's universe he's with my yeah you're right you're yeah. right they're kids in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's yeah. still a kid. Yeah, the they one don't that comes get... back during the uh, Goku Black stuff. Right, That's right, right. The one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's really yeah. great here is, like, once the peel-off gang kind of, like, connect back up after they've run out of the, the building, Mai shows them, like, hey, I stole the four-star Dragon Ball, and we're going to hold it hostage and ask for Zinni. And she was just like, yeah, but you could have just stole that diamond worth way more and sold that. Yeah. And this is where peel-off is like, well, nobody wants to be that rich anyways. <laughs> It's oh. about balance, he says. Yeah. Uh, and then Mai says, "You'd be so stressed, you'd start wetting yourself all the time." And I'm not waste. I'm not washing your pee pee pants. That's what she says yeah, to Shu. And I'm like, "What?" Peel off is like, I expect a little bit more professionalism out of my minions. Uh, this whole little interaction really had me cracking up. Like I, I kind of really enjoyed having old peel off stuff come up out of this. Yeah, it was. This movie does pretty well with uh, comic relief. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not too much. And, and I do think that we've had some movies where it was too much. Um, but it's it's it is spread far and thin enough um, that it, it carries these kind of 
these more mundane moments because the, the the actual battle between the gods between Beerus and Goku is only like the last tw- like twenty minutes maybe it, yeah, of the movie. Yeah. So you're talking about over an hour of lead oh, up yeah. to that. Most of this is slice of life stuff. It felt like yeah, yeah, slice of life. That's the right term. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Trunks points uh, the Pilaf gang out to Bulma, and uh, she wants to meet them because you know she's she's just been told that Mai is Trunks's girlfriend now. Um, and there's this hilarious, this might be the best, um, piece of humor in the, in this movie because Trunks flies over there and she's like, I told Goten, uh, Goten, you were my girlfriend. So now my mom wants to meet you. And, uh, she was like, you said I was your girlfriend. Yeah. And then Trunks is like, no. And then Pilaf is like, so me? And he's like, no, your friend, who's the girl. <laughs> uh, it was great. And then, uh, because they have been de-aged she's like i don't date little boys and he's like what you're like my age what yeah um, yeah but my is supposed to be like 40 or 41 um it's 35 actually. 30 because here in a moment bulma asks her like oh how old are you and she's like 35 in march <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh it was great um but he basically is just like just do this thing and pretend to be my girlfriend and you can eat all you want and play for uh, play bingo for prices. They also recognize Bulma. Yeah, from, at this point they um, recognize Bulma. Dragon Ball as well. Which I was shocked Bulma didn't recognize them. Pilaf looks identical. Yeah, yeah. He's he he might his skin complexion might be a little bit more clearer. I mean, it's been a while since I watched Dragon Ball, but he certainly isn't like that much shorter. It's gotta I be think. like the only thing I could think of is she has been traumatized back to back to back with villains that at this point they've <laughs> all just like melded together. You know, she can't keep but, track. Yeah, I mean, like, I could see her possibly being, like, Garlic Jr. And and maybe making that mistake. But how many freaking dog ninjas has she ever met? <laughs> well, apparently enough. Like, yeah, she's got to be like, oh, yeah, I remember you, the dog ninja guy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and maybe draw uh, drawn the line that way. But Well, either way, Beerus is off enjoying some takoyaki. He and, or him and Whis are, like, really, really enjoying the food in general here. Um, and then we kind of... Go back over to King Kai's planet where Goku is training by attempting to shoot key blasts at himself. So he's like doing a Kamehameha, looping it around the planet and then trying to defend it. And he's just like, all right, this is never going to work. Like, I will never be powerful enough to actually use this to defeat uh, Beerus at all. Yeah, this is one of my biggest gripes about the movie. It's like Goku's, listen, Goku's not the sharpest tack in the world. Like, everybody that watches this show knows that. Sure. But when it comes to battling and, like, gauging opponent strength and stuff like that, I was really shocked that he spent any amount of time even considering that in an a v- extremely short span of time that he could do anything that would put him remotely close to Beerus. Like, I kind this, of assumed... He just wasted so much time. I, I, so, I am a... Because I had the same thought at first, and then I was like, well, maybe he's trying to get that, like, near-death power-up that the Saiyans get. And he's realizing that, like, yeah, that maybe he's realizing, like, okay, this isn't going to work because I am not doing anything enough to get me to that degree and then healing back fast enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and Zenkai is what I thought that he was thinking, too. But he's experienced enough that I I would think that he, he wouldn't go, oh, yeah, like, I can... Zenkai X amount of times and be strong enough to, you know, go up against this guy that I just had an experience with. Well, I think the I, problem I is, is he has no gauge because he can't sense the key. It's yeah, not, he can't sense his key. So it's not like other villains that he's fought where he's been able to be like, oh, okay, his power level is like 
you know, ginormous and I'm, I'm so many factors away from it. He has literally no idea. The only experience he's got is that he was flicked in the head, got knocked out, you know? Yeah. From Super Saiyan 3. Like right. from his, his you know, top I, form. just, yeah, I, I just thought that it was a weird way to keep him off of Earth for too long, maybe. But then we find out later that he goes to Earth and just kind of spectates for a little right, while. Yeah. Like at the very end of the movie, he really pisses off Bulma and Vegeta for that. Yeah, it's a little bit Piccolo, but it makes sense that he would do that, though. He's trying to gauge up the enemy. Like, I get that. Yeah. So uh, it's bingo time and Roshi and Oolong are um, in character ogling the models, which is very just on point for them. Beerus recognizes the wish orbs from uh, that the Namekians have. And then Yamcha realizes he's the Yamcha can count. He's, he goes, Hey, wait a sec. There's only six of them. Thanks. Uh, and they realize that the four star specifically is missing. Uh, the Pilaf gang moved to leave. Uh, but Trunks wants Mai's digits first, which is kind of funny. And when he's stalling her, the four star, uh, four star ball falls out of their pocket. Of course it's the four star, right? It's the, it's the Gohan. It's, ball. Kind of, it's always it's the, the iconic ball. one. Yeah. Yeah, so mine takes Trunks hostage with a gun. And this is also pretty, pretty freaking humorous, especially because it's implied that Gohan is like um, totally has been drinking litty. too much. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. mine takes Trunks hostage with a pistol, asks for a million zenny, and then scales it back even to 100,000. Everyone at the party is just laughing. And Beers is like, hold on, this one child is threatening to kill another child, and everyone just laughs? Like, what, oh, what yeah. the hell's going on here? And Pilaf, Pilaf threatens to smash Trunks into applesauce, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, and uh, there's a funny line here, too, where Trunks is like, my, I want to break up. Um, but Gohan, who's clearly tipsy, wants to play this hostage game, too. So he turns into the great Saiyan man uh, and is here to save Trunks from his evil girlfriend. And uh, he's like, he goes up to Mai and he's like giving her stage notes. Like, if you're going to shoot anyone, shoot me and like panic and empty the whole clip. Don't hold back. Only aim at my upper body and face. Yeah. You know, he's trying to make it as dramatic as possible. And so she follows his instructions and he deflects all of them. Um, and then discovers that uh, it's a real gun that had real bullets, and one of the bullets that he deflects hits Fidel in the leg. Yeah, and so he's uh, obviously freaking out because Fidel is now on the ground bleeding out, and uh, Bulma is getting on to Gohan like, hey, this antics, you know, like, you almost got your wife killed, and Roshi comes out, and he's like, I can give her mouth to mouth, ha <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that Roshi's there and is continuing to be a perv. Like, it was it, lighthearted funniness, kind of, because you can tell everyone is just like, Roshi, heck off, you know? Uh, but then Dende shows up and is actually there to heal her. So Dende goes through and, and heals her. And, and then when he's doing that, he's like, oh, I sense something. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, don't tell anybody. But he knows that Fidel is pregnant. And this is going to come up much later in the movie uh, as a pretty big key point. Uh, but mm -hmm. Trunks then is just like, oh, man, like you guys kind of blew the show. Like what's what's going on here? You know, and Vegeta just plays this up as an entertaining performance to Beerus. He's like, oh, Lord Beerus, what did you think about that? And uh, Beerus is all pissed off because he was actually shot, too. And he's got this bullet that's crumpled, like, in the middle of his forehead. So he starts to get a little irritated. And he's thinking about, like, destroying the Earth, potentially, right then and there. Vegeta hops up on the stage and is just like, all right, it's time for the main event. And he starts doing this ridiculous, like, Wild bingo, bingo. dancing yeah. song. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and this Krillin remarks that Vegeta has been drinking even more than Gohan. Has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this does seem to calm Beerus down. So like Beerus and Weiss are like, ah, oh, whatever, let's just go get some more food. And so Belma, Bulma is just like, oh, hey, kids, like that skit was pretty adorable, you know, but it's time to it's time to go off. And so then we get a little bit of fun here because it's just them playing bingo. We see Piccolo loses and he gets upset. He runs off and 
It's the bingo card is so weird though. Like it, I I showed this in the uh in the Discord, um like last week I think it's a weird bingo card. So n- normally bingo is uh like f- uh five by five, uh, I think, and uh you know there's a column for the B numbers, but there's a specific range of numbers for B. Uh, it's like one through fifteen will show up in the B column and nowhere else. And then, you know, the next set of 15 will show up only in I and nowhere else. That kind of thing. This one, there's just a, there's a seven in the second column and a 16 in the first. Um, so it's just spread buckshot all over everything. And Piccolo is one punch away, three different ways and two punches away in another six different ways. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's cursing about these stupid earth games because the number 28 gets called uh, and it's not on his card. So he just, he storms off and huff. This is where we get the uh, silly uh, pudding scene between Beerus and Boo too. Yeah, yeah, because Whis asks Beerus if he's tried any of the pudding and they go to get some, but there isn't any left. They ask the chef and the chef is just like, oh, no, no, it's all gone. We put everything out we had. And they, they see that Boo has an entire platter of pudding, and Beerus actually nicely asks for one. He's like, sir, you know, would you kindly mind handing me a cup of that pudding? And Boo is just like, nah, dog, it's all mine. And he starts licking all of the pudding cups, like, just trying to keep them all for himself. Beerus and Boo start arguing, and it gets to the point where Beerus calls him dumb. So Boo gets angry and says he's going to turn him into food and just eat Beerus, which causes Beerus to power up, and then they start actually fighting. And the moment this happens is kind of when everyone else is like, oh, okay, like, we got to take care of this now. It felt weird that it was such like a snap, uh, you know, just immediately everybody went on the defensive. Uh, but alcohol's involved, so I guess it kind of makes sense. You know what else is weird is Beerus doesn't know of Boo. I know, I thought that but, was weird too. But Frieza even knows of Boo. There's a line, and I think it's in Resurrection F, where Frieza's like, my dad always told me not to get into two uh, fights with two people in the universe, Majin Boo and, and the, the God of Destruction Beerus. Right. Beerus has no idea who this Boo guy is. Well, and I thought it was weird, too, because really, out of anyone there, it feels like Boo would be more capable of fighting off Beerus than even Gohan, potentially, or Vegeta. Like, he's very mm. powerful. So, it, like, do you think his uh, food ray thing would even work on Beerus? I don't, I mean... It certainly was worth a shot. It worked on everybody else that he's ever tried it on. Yeah. It's just interesting. Like, and what would Boo have turned into if he had eaten Beerus? Because that's like part of Boo's <laughs> yeah. whole thing, right? So. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there's fan art of that somewhere. Just search carefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Beerus just easily swatting Boo around. I love that Roshi is like, come on, boys, let's roll. So he's yeah. the one that calls everybody into action. Beerus grabs a pair of chopsticks and defeats 18 Tien and Piccolo with with chopsticks and with like single motions per person. Um, the Pilaf gang passes out. Trunks grabs Mai and Goten is ordered to grab the other ones. Gohan goes mystic, um, tries to get Beerus in a full Nelson, just gets smashed into Boo for his trouble. Uh, this is where Vegeta decides that he's got to step in and tries to draw Beerus away from the people. So I was like, in my notes, I have, he's learning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't usually show that kind of care. Um, he dodges well enough at first, um, Beerus' uh, opening salvo, but he ends up in the dirt anyway. And Krillin remarks that that whole exchange between Vegeta and Beerus lasted less than a minute. So now, Goten and Trunks uh, fuse into Super Gotenks. And uh, I think it's either Bulma or Chi-Chi says, oh God, they've turned into the delinquent again, which is great. And uh, Beerus is freaking out because he's like, you, you earthlings have no idea how lucky you are. Pudding remains outside of my grasp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the way you say that. 
yeah. And uh, so Beerus literally spanks the Super Saiyan out of Gotenks, oh, though. Man, like, bends him over his it. knee, smacks him on his butt. Um, he descends down to Vegeta, who is uh, no longer in Super Saiyan. I mean, he's just crawling out of a dust cloud, basically. And Beerus, again, he says, like, I didn't get a pudding cup. The Super Saiyan guy's not here. I guess I'm just going to blow this place up. And uh, Vegeta says, I guess I'll take some pride in the fact that it took Beerus the Destroyer to kill me. And then uh, this is where Bulma comes up. And she's like, I don't care how many you got or how many years you guys have known one another. This fight ruined my birthday party. And she just smacks Beerus, who immediately smacks her back. And the, this delivers us one of my favorite Vegeta moments in all of the canon outside of the Maja Vegeta stuff. Yeah, because he gets really, really pissed and screams like, don't slap my wife or don't touch my wife or something like that. And he powers up. And he actually gets in, like, some pretty good hits on Beerus. There's a solid probably 30 seconds of him just laying it down. And uh, I think they even note later that he, in this moment, was more powerful than Goku as Super Saiyan 3. Which I thought was yep. pretty cool for him to not even go Super Saiyan 3. Like, because I think, canonically, Vegeta can, and he just chooses not to. Um, yeah. So it's like it his cool. rage transformation. He loses his pupil yeah. and shouts, that's my Boma. Yeah. And it's like super dramatic. And it's really cool. He lands a f- direct hit with a final flash, but it's nothing like Beerus comes out of that dust cloud. And he's like, I mean, that was an impressive show, but it only proved that you're not the super Saiyan God that I'm looking for. Yep. And uh, Beerus taps Vegeta on the forehead. He passes out. Beerus beckons for Whis and says like, all right, well, I guess that super Saiyan God prophecy was just a myth. Let's just go ahead and destroy the planet. But Whis wants to finish eating. He's like, listen, this is some of the best food I've ever had. I'm going to finish this. So he flies back down and is getting more sushi while Beerus is just kind of like trying to figure out like, okay, well, what do I do now? Like Whis is not catching up with me. And so he flies down and he says, okay, look, I like this planet. I'm going to give you one last chance to save yourselves. And he nominates Oolong. He's like, all right, it's all down to you, buddy. I'm going to challenge you to rock, paper, scissors for the fate of the earth. And freaking Yamcha has this bright idea where he's just like, oh, I get it. He thinks you're a pig, so you have hooves, which means he thinks you can only throw scissors. But you're a pig man with appendages, so you, all you have yeah. to do is throw paper. And Oolong is just like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So they go and they do this rock, paper, scissors thing, and Pyrrhus throws scissors, and he's like, you fools, don't you see my ears? I heard the whole thing. Uh, it's just so <laughs> this, it's ridiculous. This is pretty good, too. I love Yom it. should be in the smart guy again, second time in this movie. He could count to six. And he, he understands seven. rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just like, I know why he picked you. And he's like, you're a pig man. The way that he emphasizes that I is know, freaking hilarious. Awesome. And then Oolong gets all innervated by this. So he like rolls up his sleeve and he's like, stupid cat alien thinking he's got me pegged. <laughs> like he's all pissed off when he's walking towards Beerus. Uh, it's so <sighs> yeah. good. And so um, Beerus starts like the destruction process. You can tell there's like this energy flowing from him and. This is when Goku shows up and he's like, yeah, I can't just let you destroy Earth. So he says he knows he's going to get killed. It's not a fair fight at all, but he's got to try. And then he's like, oh, wait, I actually have an idea. Can you give me just a couple of minutes? I think I know how to do what you want. And this whole time, Bulma is complaining about how petty Beerus is for a god. And Vegeta explains like, no, 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 that's the god of destruction. And she's like, oh. And so she starts flirting with him. And Oolong is like, he doesn't want some dirty old broad, (laughs) which I thought was great. And uh, so Goku comes up with this bright idea of using the Dragon Balls to summon Shinron to ask about the Super Saiyan God. And the moment they do this, Shinron is kind of at first he's a little irritated because he's like, hey, you're asking me a lot of questions, but you're not you're not wishing for anything like get to the point. Right. 
But then they mention Lord Beerus, and he's like, Lord Beerus is here? Uh, okay. He tells them everything and then just nopes out of there. He's like, yep, bye, yeah. see ya. <laughs> he's like, please excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and his explanation is, a Super Saiyan God doesn't exist, so he can't bring him here. But he says, long ago, a small group of pure-hearted Saiyans questioned the evil committed by their race, and um, this led to a revolt to ensure victory. They pulled their powers, and then the Super, Zay- uh, Super Saiyan God was easily able to defeat all the other Saiyans. And he says, uh, you know, I like that he put in this little this little addendum here. In time, evil again took root on planet Vegeta. And because I was like, well, hold on a second. (laughs) The Saiyans were always bad. But he says five Saiyans with righteous hearts must join hands with another. And then with his friend's energy flowing through him, he will take the form of a Super Saiyan God. And that's when he nopes out. And uh, Piccolo's picking up what uh, Shinron has just put down. He's like, well, good luck. The only two that are close to righteous, so he's he's keyed in on the righteous heart part, are Gohan and Goten, uh, leaving even Goku out of the, the conversation, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and then they they just decide that it's, or no, it's not them. It's the, it's uh, uh, Dende. Dende is the one who's like, eh, maybe there's some wiggle room on the pure of heart thing. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like you've so all technically like, tried to save the universe at some point in time, even Vegeta. And then there's a kind of a weird moment where they all recognize, like, oh, yeah, you're not a rat bastard anymore. And they literally clap for yeah, Vegeta. Yeah, they give him a standing <laughs> O. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was thinking, like, even the angry man? I had a moment here where Piccolo talks about Goku not being, like, pure of heart. He doesn't talk about it, but he doesn't include him, right? And the first right. thing I thought of was him flashing back to Goku giving Cell a sensu bead and then throwing Gohan to the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, you're not that's, pure of heart, that's bro. That's when Goku lost <laughs> yeah. the uh, the pure yeah. heart. Yeah. 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 Dende's explanation is basically just like, eh, they're looking for good, not perfect. Yeah. Um, which which does loop Vegeta in. So we the next scene, we've got uh, every Saiyan on this, you know, that we are aware of all holding hands um, in Super Saiyan form. Vegeta, of course, complaining about Goku being the one. Um, energy flickers uh, out of the four that aren't Goku, and Goku's is different. Like, he's, he's kind of crackling a little bit, but Piccolo's like, nah, dog, that ain't it. Like, you got a little bit of a power boost, but it wasn't a transformation. And then this is where Whis just explains that they're idiots. I was like, why didn't Yamcha... This would have been the perfect place for Yamcha to have been like, hold on, I got this again, you know? <laughs> uh, it's five instilled into another one, so you need six is what we says. I would have loved for Yamcha to have delivered that line and and be the guy that, like, figures things out for a third time. But yeah, it would have at least tracked with the other two. Yeah, and so the first suggestion for the fifth Saiyan uh, is Tarbles, um, but they're like, uh, we don't really know where he is. And then this is where Videl spills the beans that she's pregnant. Yeah, and so they decide that, like, they could at least give it a chance. So they're going to include Videl in this and they kind of repeat this whole motion, but this time Videl is in the mixture of it all. And yeah, I have in my notes that I said, uh, it, it actually is going to work here in a second. I said, so Gohan getting laid is the reason why the earth gets saved. <laughs> this might be the most important lay of all time. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> oh man. And in this moment, like when they're recreating this kind of like ritual, uh, we actually do see like, power emanating from each of them and flowing into Goku for a moment. He flashes and uh when they're all finished, he has transformed. He actually is uh like in a new transformation with red hair and I think Roshi even mentions that it looks like he lost a few pounds or something. 
But the most significant yeah. thing is, is that none of them can read his power at this point. So that is kind of proof in the pudding, I guess you could say, that he has transcended into something else. And I had in my notes a little bit of trivia, too, that uh, Tadayoshi Yamamoro, who I think is like the art director or something for this movie. I, I forget what his actual title is, but um, he originally designed Super Saiyan God to have this much more muscular form and a cloak. A cloak. Oh, man, that would have been cool. It would have Goku with a freaking cape. That would have been dope. Um, but Akira Toriyama decided that he wanted it to be more sleek. Um, so I, I guess that that's I mean, I, I don't dislike this, the sleeker stature. Um, I did at first, the first time I watched this, I thought that they did a better job of explaining why it's sleeker in the Tournament of Power, I think, where he's talking about the difference between this one and Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan Blue, where one is, um, the blue is capable of more power output, um, but it's not as fast or some such like that. Um, because that goes back to like the Cell Saga, where there's, there is this uh, point of diminishing returns with, with, with your muscle build um, in this in this universe. If you have too much, you would be super strong, but you're going to be slower. Like, that's the drawback. We saw that with Cell and Trunks. Um, so I feel like they kind of took that idea and teased it out a little bit, Super Saiyan God, but they don't do that work in this movie. Um, in part because Super Saiyan Blue doesn't exist yet, I guess. But yeah. Anyway, they, they get to that explanation eventually. So it's time for this main event. Um, Goku's first initial punch is blocked, um, but we get my favorite spherical indentation in the earth. So it's all good. Um, the clouds in the sky dissipate. Vegeta is still butthurt that he's not the one. Um, this is where we get also the my gripe about Beerus being like, what's it feel like becoming a god? And I'm like, but he's not like that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. They uh, they start exchanging blows in the air, um, and notably, this is it's very subtle, very easy to miss. But uh, I I made note of this. I think it's significant. But Beerus does sneak a neck a neck chop into Goku, but it doesn't work this time. Um, so like I think it's the same move basically that he did to Goku when he was in Super Saiyan three, and it does nothing. It does nothing. Yeah. Another cool thing I thought of too is like in this scene, they're fighting all over the city, which is kind of a city, first yeah. for them. Like, Goku in, in particular, normally he's the first to be like, hey, we got to get out of the city. What's neat, though, yep. is Beerus isn't destroying anything. In fact, they don't destroy anything in the city at all. So nope. there's this kind of, like, I don't want to say irony here, but for Beerus to be the Lord of Destruction, it seems like he's being extra careful to not destroy the city. You can really tell that he's now trying to figure out, like, okay, is Goku going to step up to the plate? Because I think you can tell that there's some... Um, adjusting period for Goku to like, oh, this is new power. Yeah. I got to kind of figure out how this works a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm i not convinced that that is the reason why Beerus doesn't bother or, or why he doesn't just smack into buildings and vehicles or whatever. Um, but I do think there's something to the concept that Beerus is letting this drag out because yeah. he knows that there is a ramping up going on with Goku. It's explicitly mentioned uh, at some point where he's like, oh, you're finally starting to figure this thing yeah. out. Um, but before we get to that, um, Beerus notes that Goku seems kind of disappointed, and Goku's whole explanation is, well, I got this power, but it's not a level that I can reach on my own. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I did it because it gives me the chance to beat you, but I'm not satisfied by it, um, which is an interesting take yeah. that Beerus, Beerus kind of gloms onto that and um, tries to start 
uh, what Piccolo, Piccolo basically accuses Beerus of doing some training on Goku, uh, like not with regards to his power so much as his mentality towards it. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Because Goku does seem like he kind of goes into it and he explains that like his entire life, he's done nothing but train to become more powerful on his own accord. And now he's discovered a power that he can't reach on his own. He has to have help to get there from other people. And he hates that, but it does give him that chance to at least protect the earth and, and continue fighting. And this is where Beerus actually accuses him of being addicted to battling. And Goku's mm-hmm. just kind of like, yeah, well, I guess so. Sure. Whatever. And um, yeah, people say that about me all the time. That's what he <laughs> says. Something really casual. Now, here is something that I thought was really interesting. So when they're fighting, you know, when they're all over the city, it's kind of whatever. Nobody can really see them. But then there's moments when they go back to kind of where the party's at. And it seems like the old school Z fighters are watching the fight. But we know that they keep up with those fights by sensing key energy, which they can't sense right now. And so I was trying to figure out, like, how are they even aware of what's going on? Because when Goku and Beerus leave, they get in a plane and, like, go fly off to find them. It's like they they have to know where they're going. But based off of what I'm aware of, they should have no way of knowing these things because they shouldn't be able to sense anything from either of those two. Yeah, there was a little bit of what I would call like spatial disparity um, where Goku and Beerus are clearly fighting in a city. Uh, but both, like Capsule Corps is inside of a city, uh, like canonically, it's like kind of smack dab in the middle of a city. Sure. And there are a bunch of little scenes where uh, people around the city and even like a farmer outside of it are making jokes about, oh, it's Capsule Corps doing, you know, rich people shenanigans again. So uh, I think that they became obscured, uh, but when they finally left, they didn't have to track them with the power so much uh, because they were they were physically affecting stuff (laughs) like they were clashing in the air and like clouds were dissipating and things like that. And so I think that that's how they were able to track them down at one point. uh, And this is getting a little ahead of where we are right now, I think. But like Beerus smacks Goku down into an ocean and it never recovers. Yeah. <laughs> like that seems like an easy thing to be like, Oh, they're over there. <laughs> Cause there used to be an ocean there and now there is. Right. Right. Um, but in this particular moment, Goku goes or Beerus rather goes on the assault since Goku flying, um, so fast that Goku has his own contrails, like his feet are creating little like contrails in the sky. Um, he gets a rear naked choke hold in on Goku, but I think he intentionally drops it. I think he was just flexing there. Yeah. Um, I think he drops it and then sends Goku flying. Uh, Goku doesn't dodge trees in the forest as well <laughs> as he did the buildings in the city. This is where everybody jumps in that uh, cool, like, hidden in the ground capsule core plane that, like, farts out lawn furniture when it takes off. Yeah. Um, and then Goku is still getting the worst of everything. Like, he, he's just getting absolutely manhandled. He nearly gets kicked through an innocent dinosaur, as I mentioned earlier. Um, there's a scene about, like, Whis asking uh 18 about ice yeah, cream how it's made him i love yeah, this too because 18 cold 18 was like i don't know i just buy it <laughs> yeah there's also a scene here where like vegeta and krillin i think piccolo is there too they're watching the like onslaught happening and vegeta's just like you know kakarot's a real bastard he's always got to hog all the fun and glory for himself and yet for once i'm glad it's not me <laughs> yeah yeah this is where goku gets hit uh so hard it parts parts the waters of the ocean and the waters never res- like well return. They end up in a cave. Like I was under the impression yeah, they, go, they underground. Like, go underground and they're in a cave, right? Yeah, but when they come back up from there, they just still emerge from the same hole through which they descended, 
and like there was a uh like an outcropping that like jutted out over the water that Goku got kicked through and it still spilled out like over the beach and into what had been submerged in water, but there's no water. It's like they just evaporated it or forgot about it or didn't want to animate it anymore. <laughs> like something definitely happened there. Um, yeah. Beerus at this point says something interesting. He says, uh, foolish pride. It's rare to see a Saiyan with that flaw. And I was like, damn, man, you really haven't been around for 30 years. I know. I commented that on that, too. I was like, what is Beerus talking about? That's like the key definition of a Saiyan. (laughs) It's their pride. Yeah. And uh, Goku even kind of calls him out. He's like, what do you mean? Vegeta's way more prideful than than me. And Beerus kind of throws it back in his face. And he's like, yeah, but that guy got up and made a fool of himself to protect his friends. Like, the only thing you did was lower your pride a little bit to accept more power, which I thought was kind of a interesting call out like vegeta did go make a fool of himself he wouldn't have done that 10 years ago no way hell no no we we saw that like core of vegeta uh right at the very end when he accepted his defeat and said at least i can die knowing that it took you to beat me yeah like 10 years ago vegeta would have started from that position and never budged from it in my Um, in my notes here i had maybe the clapping was deserved (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but this is kind of a cool part because they both kind of explain that they're holding back you know beerus makes a mention of him holding back and goku's like oh yeah me too which actually kind of shocks beerus he's a little upset about that so they go all out 100 percent. and when the moment that happens goku actually loses the god powers he like de-transforms just back into regular plain old Saiyan Goku, not even Super Saiyan. And yeah, he doesn't realize it. No, but Goku And and this isn't an animation mistake. Like this is this is what actually has happened. They draw no attention to it in this first little bit. Not for a while. Very subtle. Yeah, and and Goku is like holding his own. I mean he's still getting in hits for a couple of minutes there, even out of God mode. And he's putting up a great fight that he wasn't previously able to do at all. And Beerus, like, completely collapses the cave with a bunch of key blasts. Goku gets super angry, goes Super Saiyan, which I was kind of shocked he didn't realize that he went Super Saiyan. If he, like, up yeah. to this point, he's still unaware that he doesn't have the god powers, but he was able to transform. I figured he would have noticed that power jump, you know? Uh, but they fly back up into the sky. Yeah, in himself. That's right? what I mean, yeah. Like, he, yeah, yeah. And and this is where I'm Piccolo points out, like, oh, he's he's dropped out of god mode like i can sense his presence again and uh even still goku is putting up a great fight and so like they end up you know flying up into space and goku is just like well try this one on for size and he uses a bunch of instant transmissions to trick beerus on his location and then sends like a full blast kamehameha right into his face beerus takes it on point blank but he just completely absorbs it even though he does, there's a split moment where Beerus kind of has this concerned look that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, the Kamehameha engulfs him in like a sphere. And then uh, when that kind of dust cloud settles, they're in space, by the way. Yeah. Like this is like, which canonically Saiyans aren't supposed to do this thing that's going on oh, right now. Oh, you mean breathe in um, space? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just yeah. like about to be in space. Like, they're at that last little ozone layer or whatever. Yeah. I mean... Even that, I would imagine, would be... I mean, anyway, I, I was just like, mm, all right. Um, and, I, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's Sakuga's in full force. They're, this is the best animation in the movie. Um, and it's Beerus' turn. He does this giant red... I mean, it looks like Death the sun. Ball. In fact, people on the Earth actually think it's the sun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Beerus tosses it towards the Earth. And Goku's like, I can't let this hit. But it's slowly pushing him back. And this is where 
Beerus tells Goku, again, this is him doing this kind of training thing. He's talking about his mentality. And he says, you haven't realized it yet, but your God powers ran out like a while ago, dude. Yeah. Like your body seems to have learned from the experience. And so merely feeling that level of power has pushed you to new heights. So that power is all yours, just like you want it. Um, this doesn't give Goku too much peace because he still can't stop the blast or beat Beerus. Uh, so the earth is seemingly still going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love Beerus just says, all right, if that's the case, then give up and accept your planet's fate. And he throws another little ball into the bigger ball and uh, knocks Goku back, out, drops him out of Super Saiyan. Um, lots of time is just spent him sh uh, spent showing sh him struggling anyway, which is like classic Goku. Not going to he's just not going to lie back and take it. You know, he's going to fight until he absolutely cannot. Um, but then everyone kind of flashes before his mind's eye and he starts falling backwards. Um, but then he gets Super Saiyan God back. For like a and split this second. This was done differently. Yeah. yeah. This is done differently in the anime. I'm pretty sure that the way that they did it in the anime was basically like Super Saiyan God allowed him to heal somehow. Like it was a weird healing thing that took place. But here it's just kind of like he snaps into it, detonates the blast. Or like absorbs I have in my it notes outside of... Yeah, and I have in my notes outside of the atmosphere, but maybe not. But um, but it takes everything that he's got. Whatever he had, even for that split second, is gone. I mean, he's in base. He's he's gassed. His shoulders are slumped forward. He's, he's I mean, he's just, yeah, he's barely conscious. He doesn't, doesn't stay conscious for too much longer. Yeah, and Beerus actually, like, recognizes Goku's strength, and he says, look, you're the second strongest foe I've ever fought. And uh, this is when he kind of explains that, um, you know, he is being taught by Whis. But before all this, I, I got a little bit ahead of myself. Beerus tells him, like, I just want to hear you give up. I just want to hear you say it. And yeah. Goku is just like, OK, yeah, I give up. <laughs> like, I can't beat you. There's nothing else I can do. And uh, he's like, OK, well, I want to tell you a few things. And this is when, like, Beerus actually catches him and flies him down to Earth. And he's explaining to him that, like, Whis is his teacher and that there's also, like, 12 other universes all together. And, um, he, you know, he finally sets him down and he's like, look, I'm a Lord of Destruction or I'm a God of Destruction. Like, I came here to destroy the Earth. I've got to keep up my promise. So sorry, bro, but I got to destroy the Earth. And so. He... OK, my my favorite note about this scene. I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, you, uh, because Beerus does catch Goku and like carries him gently from where, wherever above the Earth's surface, however far they might have been all the way down until the last 10 feet. And then he just unceremoniously just lets Goku drop that last like two stories. Uh, he's probably like, ah, you'll survive this one. Like if yeah, Goku had funny, just though. fallen from space, he would have been eaten up. I would assume like on the entry, like, but yeah, it's just funny <laughs> that he, he couldn't bring himself to, to just take him all the way. He's like, Beerus ends up landing himself. Like yeah. <laughs> he just drops Goku and then lands. It's part of the effect. He's, he's got to live up to the idea that he's about to completely destroy the earth because when he finally does power up, he turns around and just, like, destroys a small pillar. And Whis is like, well, you did what you promised. You destroyed some of Earth, but not all of it. And yeah. Beerus kind of shrugs it off. He's like, well, I used all my powers in the fight. And uh, so, you know, Whis even goes out of his way to be like, well, we could make Goku Goku the Destroyer. And Goku's like, yeah, no, I, I don't want that. Thanks, though. It's not his bag. Yeah. Uh, so Beerus apologizes for disrupting Bulma's festivities. And she's like, well, you really should apologize for his hitting me. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Which I thought was, you know, pretty cool of Beerus to, like, humble himself that much, I suppose. And he says that he insists the next time that he shows up, he must have pudding. And Bulma's like, hell, I'll make a freaking swimming pool full of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, th 
right after she makes that joke, Whis summons his staff. And he he did this earlier when he was showing Beerus the Super Saiyan transformation on mm-hmm. Namek. Yeah. He, like, summons his staff. And it's the most Scooby-Doo-ass sound effect that I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> like, life. Yoink. Like, it sounds so out of place. It's like, weird. Yeah. Like, that weird. It's it's so characteristic of something out of Scooby-Doo. Um, so I don't know why they use that sound effect. It was both times it happens. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't belong here. <laughs> um, but we get whisked back to the planet of the Kais. They're watching on in disbelief uh, because Beerus finally found a planet that he wouldn't destroy. Uh, and there's really interesting commentary by the uh, from the two of them about how Goku continues to make allies across the universe. And then they say this, and I I liked this quite a lot because it almost feels like they're winking at us through the uh, through the screen a little bit here. Because one of the guys says it might be all of Earth that is responsible because Goku was sent to Earth to conquer it, and Vegeta was sent to Earth to conquer it, but both he and Vegeta were changed by Earth. And so one of them's like, "Well, humans are quite flawed." but they do radiate an irresistible charm. And it's like, they're looking at the camera when they say it like heavy, heavy winks at us being like, ah, you guys kind of suck, but y'all, you know, (laughs) it was full on like Jim from the office, just point right at the camera. Yeah. 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 Um, And and so we catch back up with Beerus back on his home world and he's explaining that he's going to take a three year nap and he wants to try more food from earth. And, Weiss is just like, yeah, I think the real reason you didn't destroy Earth is because of the food. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And he explains that he actually brought back some sushi. And there's like he's breaking down like all the elements of sushi, like the soy sauce and the ginger and the the wasabi. And Beerus just eats an entire thing of wasabi and like freaks out and is losing it to the point where Weiss has to knock him out to keep him from like destroying other planets. And he he wakes up and he's like, I'm going to destroy Earth. Screw them. Like they're done. Yeah. And, and he's like, all right, all right, let me try the sushi. If it's good without the wasabi, then I'll leave it. And he eats some. He loves it. And he's like, all right, just wake me up in three years. And uh, then we, we go back to all of the crew back on Earth. They're finishing up Bulma's birthday celebrations. And, you know, Vegeta's just like, hey, next time we have to do something like this, I get to be the god. And Goku's kind of ribbing Vegeta about protecting Bulma and, and like how he saw him power up, which is. When Piccolo was like, wait, hold on. If you saw that, then you were there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Goku even does a Vegeta impression. He's like, oh, that's my yeah. Bulma. Oh, and he <laughs> says something like, yeah, next time we're fighting someone really strong, we just need to have him smack Bulma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to which yeah. Bulma takes a lot of offense, too. Yeah, you were watching us be the uh, bee is punching bag, is what Piccolo uh, says. Yeah. Yeah, Piccolo. Um, he's just like, oh, I was just studying his moves and trying to come up with a strategy. And then. Vegeta's just like, Boma, I believe that this deserves even more of your signature slaps. And that's the end of the movie is uh, the sound of Boma smacking Goku a lot. I do still have a couple pieces of trivia oh, cool. before we get into the rating and holler minutes. Um, in no particular order, uh, Akira Toriyama in a 2015 interview stated that he had already written both Beerus and Whis way back in the 90s. Whoa. Um, but just didn't like, I don't know, gave up on the concept for a while or couldn't figure out a way to slot them in. Um, I didn't but know he that. Was That's just wild. sitting on this concept. That's really crazy. Yeah. Um, I also learned that Beerus, so um, this one reads, Beerus is unable to handle spicy food as seen when he takes a bite of the wasabi. And this is a pun on the Japanese term nekojita, uh, which means cat tongue. And it's that phrase is used to describe someone who cannot take spicy food. So it's like Beerus has the cat tongue, um, which is ironic because Beerus 
is a cat. Yeah. Um, Beerus is also the only Dragon Ball Z film antagonist who have actually defeated Goku and also not died. And this is the only Dragon Ball Z film where nobody dies. Nobody. There's not a single death. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. There isn't any death in this one. Which is ironic yeah, no, since there's literally even, a Lord of Destruction in it. Yeah. Not not even a bystander or civilian in the city. Nothing. So kind of interesting. Yeah. So um I had said even at the top of this episode that I remembered not liking Battle of Gods. Um, it's certainly not as much as I liked Resurrection F. I still think that that's the case. Um, so moving into the rating of this particular movie, I, I, I don't know that I like it more than I, than Resurrection F, but I will say this, um, right now, you know, a, a few couple days removed from re rewatching Resurrection F going on memory alone. I do think that Battle of Gods is a better, uh, it's a better paced movie. Like it, it fits the, a more classic movie structure than pretty much every Dragon Ball Z movie. Um, I, if, like to comment on that resurrection F feels like an anime movie. This just felt like a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I think that that was part of my initial frustration with battle of gods is when I sat down to watch a Dragon Ball Z movie and they leave most of the Dragon Ball Z ink for the very last 15, 20 minutes. Um, you know, I'm coming to this movie expecting something that is not a traditional cinematic experience, um, even relative to every other Dragon Ball Z movie, right, that's preceded this. Things tend to amplify up in the first 15, 20 minutes of those movies, not the last. And uh, so, you know, it, it's very different. That that was something, that was a perspective um, that I owe in part to some of these other podcasts that I listen to that are really high up on Battle of Gods. And I was like, man, did I just totally miss the bus watching this? Um, and I do. I think I did. Um, it, it certainly is higher. I'm going to rate it higher than I thought I was going to going into this movie, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, what's your rating? I'm going to give Dragon Ball Z colon Battle of Gods a 5.5 out of 7. Makes sense. Um, again, it it's missing... <sighs> A, a, a little bit more of the what I want and kind of expect a little bit more from specifically a Dragon Ball Z product, but it's really hard to deny it as a movie if that makes sense. It does. So yeah, it, it does. Yeah. And what about that's you? my same rating too. Uh, five point five out of seven. 5. Yeah. Because for me, like it's kind of the same thing. The biggest part for me is that it just drags on especially like if you watch this extended cut i mean it's almost a two hour long movie and easily 45 minutes of it is just slice of life which i like if i'm prepped for it but when i sit down for a dragon ball z movie i think i expect a lot more like high octane action and a lot of this yeah. is just bulma's birthday party which don't get me wrong is a lot of fun but it does kind of lull on for a long time where it's just like all right i mean if this was serialized TV, it would probably fit better. And I think it does work a little bit better because it's kind of, it's, it's more fun. You know what I mean? And I'm not like, I'm already used to Dragon Ball Z fights taking a long time anyways, but for the majority of the movie, it kind of just feels like you're waiting for that fight that you know is going to happen. So it felt like this thing where they're like, Hey, we're bringing back Dragon Ball in a big, bad way. And it's awesome. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. But in doing that, they just leave a lot of time for kind of not a whole lot to happen. That is 
fun, but not really what I wanted. Um, and I think yeah, and Resurrection I, F, what I remember of it is that it's pretty fast paced. Like things start going down really quickly, and then the like that movie's over because it's just like boom, boom, boom. Whereas with this, it's like ah, okay, so they're partying, and they're partying, yeah, and they're still partying, you know. And like I said, it's fun. I just wanted a little bit more out of it. I will say, I would imagine that the extended cut actually plays better as a traditional movie format than the theatrical cut um, in isolation all by itself. I don't know that it will hold up to what I would experience of the same arc in that serial TV format. I might actually like that format better, covering the same story with more content over longer period of time um, than I did the way that this movie was packaged. And I still... Like, I, I remember distinctly getting into an argument on the internet with somebody about this. Um, I still maintain th this point. It gets remedied, again, a, t a, t a little bit in Dragon Ball Super. A little. Um, which is that the Super Saiyan God transformation is this total MacGuffin-ass thing that is hyped up, executed, and then immediately done away with. Inside of the movie, that takes place. You know, they're like, oh, you need these five Saiyans, but they're powered in this one Saiyan, and you get this this sleek, red-haired Goku, and he's like that for like seven minutes, and then he drops out of the transformation, doesn't need it again, except for a split second at the very end, you know? And, and then it doesn't really feature all that prominently beyond this, except for Goku, um, you know, showing it off a little bit to maybe Kale and Khalifa or some such in the Tournament of Power. And you see Vegeta use it briefly against Broly, Spoiler alerts for a future movie, but it's not like a, um, it, it just doesn't linger. It doesn't last. It doesn't hang yeah, around I mean, it's, like everything else does. Calling it a MacGuffin is perfect because it was basically just like, well, we need to expand the Dragon Ball Z universe. So how do we do that? Oh, well, let's give it a new transformation. But what do we do after Super Saiyan 3? Like, we don't want to go GT route and just do Super Saiyan 4. Like, ah, what's next? Super Saiyan 5? You know, I mean, it's. It's like, okay, cool. Well, let's give it a whole different concept and sort of elevate more to the, the mythos here and say, okay, well, there's actually the Super Saiyan God thing. The problem I have with it, though, is that it's explained you need five Saiyans of pure heart, and we've got two. And then we've got a bunch of, like, you know, <laughs> we have three half Saiyans, four half Saiyans, and, like, a fourth Saiyan. One quarter yeah, Saiyan. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that seems to just work? Okay. I mean, I, that, I think that's yeah, a little... It, it felt like the characters themselves were were bending the rules themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, the rules weren't bendable, but, the like, Dende being like, man, you know, they're not looking for perfect. They're just looking for yeah, I. Yeah, And then Videl being like, well, you know, like, I'm not a Saiyan, but I've got this thing inside of me that's at least a quarter Saiyan. Well, and... And you know, like, okay, um, so how yeah. far along is Videl? Because I know this is getting into semantics a bit, but like, is that baby a clump of cells? Or is that like, got a brain yet? Like, how far into it is it actually able to provide really any Saiyan merit? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. So, man, you're, you're dipping, I know. You're, you're, you're starting to lean towards some weird political I, well, I'm not area trying that to. we can't get I'm into. I'm really not trying to. It's more a matter of like, how much Saiyan has to be there. You know what I mean? Because, like, no matter how you feel about it, at some point in time, there is more of something than there is of something because of the way time works, right? Like, just right. the gestation yeah. period of an infant or a baby or whatever, like, at some point in time, nine months is a lot more Saiyan than one month. That's all I'm saying. 
So like yeah, how yeah, much yeah. saying do they need for this? And so it's just weird that they're able yeah. to like bend it so much after even Shinron was like, no, you need five, you need six total pure heart Saiyans. And then they're like, well, we got two and like a couple halves. <laughs> so yeah. And all of that, all of the, the interpretations of the pure hearted Saiyans is totally opinion based because Piccolo's like, well, in my opinion, we have two Gohan and Goten. And then Dende says, in my opinion, We've got five because of this this little loophole that I could just came up with on the spot to, in the hopes that it actually yeah, works. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, I still have that beef against this movie. Um, again, this, the form is cool. I appreciate that it was something a little bit more than a hair color change, which is... I mean, only you know, barely. that's par for the course for Dragon Ball. It's like the next, the next form just has different color hair after yeah, a while. Yeah, I mean, but the only difference is um, like a different colored hair. They can't sense the power. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and he's thinner. Yeah. But it's not yeah. like he gets some cool new super move. It's not like he gets a new key blast or uh, there's really nothing extra to it. You know what I mean? It just makes it even more obfuscated because now there are no power levels. But then the very next yeah. movie they introduce another form so like clearly there's some level of power yep. form here like power levels so yeah i don't know i honestly i'm not a big fan of super saiyan god or super saiyan god super saiyan like i think it's kind of i know it's dumb to say this but i think it's kind of cheesy like just it just feels like extra like it was unneeded uh in my opinion yeah um again they continue even with super saiyan god super saiyan to play fast and loose with the the, the G yeah. word. Um, Which in like, and why, so, you know, why is there not a super Saiyan God, super Saiyan three or two instead, they just went to like ultra instinct and, and now Vegeta has a whole new form too. It just feels weird that they're not at least following some kind of similar pattern there, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. All that really to say uh, the, the thing that really, I mean, Jesus, even to, to <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but j talking again through, what I disliked about the transformation itself makes me want to dump, uh, bump my rating down to a five. Actually, no, we already said five point five. Um, it's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> you and I do this thing where we like talk about the movie like it's the best thing in the world, except for evolutions that can be on its own thing. But then we get to the end of it, and you and I just rip it apart like it's just garbage, yeah. gutter trash movie. <laughs> well, we we try not to be Pollyanna about the stuff that no, we like. You're, you're you know, right. um, like. I don't have a Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan God figure anywhere in my house, but I do have Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan figures in my house. I've yeah. got at least four Actually, of them. Actually, I do too. Um, That's kind of funny you say that because <laughs> I have both Vegeta <laughs> and Goku. Yeah, I've got Vegeta, Goku, Gogeta, and then another Goku, and that might not even be all of them. That's just the ones that I can see. Yeah, <laughs> like where I'm recording right now. Anyway, yeah, it's it's MacGuffin-y. It, it's not. Um, it's not taken and developed in a in what I think is a very meaningful way um, in future content. It's it's shown in future stuff. Like like I said, Vegeta and Goku both use it two movies from now, but not in the next movie. Um, Vegeta never uses it outside of Broly. Goku uses it a little bit in the Tournament of Power. I th I think I might be wrong about that, but I think he does. If he doesn't there, then in one of the like manga fights, like maybe against Moro, yeah, I was gonna say it's um, way more prevalent in, in the more recent manga stuff for sure. Yeah, even Vegeta's yeah. Vegeta uses it a ton in the manga mm -hmm. relative to what we've seen in the um. Uh, in he the anime. uses but it at the end. Yeah, of it's a good end, movie, doesn't he? You know. Mm, yeah. Vegeta, no. No, I think he does. No. 
I don't know. I guess we'll, well find, we'll out. find yeah. out. It'll be about a month, but uh, no, I'm pre- I'm I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure that Vegeta debuts in animation in Super Saiyan God in against Broly. It's like this big reveal when he pops it. Um. Anyway, I think that'll. I think. Oh, oh, holler minutes. Um, 1.43 holler minutes. Uh, that kind of puts it, I need to put these in order, but I think that's going to be, um, more towards the higher end of the scale than towards the middle, but not too far. Um, I will, I will put these things in a meaningful order and report back, um, in our next episode, which isn't going to be, um, Resurrection F. It's going to be the, the one with the crazy title that I don't have in front of my face. Dream 9, Tariko, One Piece, Dragon Ball, Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Over. Um, it's two episodes of two shows. It's like one episode of the Tariko anime and one episode of One Piece. I don't recall them off the top of my head, um, but we will share that in the socials, especially in the Discord. Um, so uh, you can watch along if you want. I believe both of those anime are streaming on netflix right now i I could be wrong but i'm i feel like that's right uh so that'll be what we're covering uh in hopefully two weeks time barring uh, even more unforeseen future events in in either one or both of our lives uh and of course since i'm mentioning the socials uh give us a follow on twitter at almighty pod and join us in the discord it's the back patio networks discord and we have a channel uh, if you join, it'll let us know in general that you're here for the first time. You will be welcomed. Um, I tend to be pretty good about catching those um, if they're during like reasonable hours. So if you join at like 2 a.m., I'll catch you at like 8 or 9 the next day. Um, I'm, I'm not that guy. But there are some in there that will still welcome you then. But anyway, go to the, go to the Discord. There's a link to it um, in the pinned tweet on Twitter. Um, join us in there. There's always conversations happening and we'd love to have you along. And of course you can rate us on all of the podcatchers as well. Uh, and tell your friends, that's really the best thing yeah. you could do is be like, Hey, listen to these schmucks. Um, <laughs> they're total idiots. And you know, a download's a download. We yeah, don't care. absolutely. Well, we appreciate everybody out there listening and hopefully you enjoyed uh, the episode and hopefully you enjoyed uh, battle of the gods as much as we did. We rated it pretty highly. Yeah, and uh, you know, episode went a little long, but we did watch the extended edition, so it's only yeah. Our episodes normally match the length of the movies. It seems like so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what we need to get into the riff tracks business, uh, where you could just did we do that once? No, no, we We did did a a live um, stream, right? Yeah, but I've always wanted to do a riff tracks. I feel like that'd be so much fun. That could be interesting. Maybe we'll set that as a goal in our non-existent (laughs) right yeah (laughs) all right we'll see everybody whenever we get to the next episode (laughs) yeah whenever we're in charge we're we're just glad that you tolerate listening to us Uh, have a good one see you guys Yeah, sorry. I uh, I was okay. about to cough, and you just happened to stop right when I thought I was, and I tried to catch it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, man. I'll pick back Whew, up. Thank you.